Hello and welcome to another episode of Dive For Ya. I am Kobe, joined by a familiar face, Jat. Here, Dracos as well, back for another episode. And Spawn, welcome to the desk. Thank you for having me. <laughs> are you saying I'm an unfamiliar face now, Kobe? Is that yes, yes, you are. Yes. No for those of you that are unfamiliar with Spawn, which will probably be all of you. <laughs> He's been on our international shows for like five years. <laughs> Throw him under the bus. I also hosted like the first podcast that came out for this in OSH. It was called the OPL show, the show that you ripped off. So good. The first was podcast called- that came out for this? Yeah. Yeah. If you guys ever want to see where we get literally all of our content ideas between uh, Ready Check and Count down you can just watch the opl when um, is the painting we show? steal from them constantly yeah it's called the dry run that's where we like take all the ideas that we think we might use and then just test them on a smaller audience uh, we did two paintings we have done a gragas and a nico and both were very unsuccessful. i saw the gragas i enjoyed it they're both hideous like to be honest the host nick is a terrible painter we should stop doing it <laughs> Uh, you also own an esports team now, though. You have grown. <laughs> yes, I, I own an esports <laughs> team. A small percentage of one uh, order in the OPL. Unfortunately, Bombers knocked us out of the final. Otherwise, we would have been here. I like to would think I got closer than Oregon. MSI if your team was in MSI? I, I assume so. I work okay. the OPL and my team is in the OPL. Yeah. So until someone changes the rule there, <laughs> I got both jobs. Um, I, I assume I just wouldn't have been on yeah. orders games. Oh, yeah, uh, that makes sense. Too much bias. Jat, I'm sure most people are unfamiliar with you as well. Uh, (laughs) Uh, Yeah. I mean, people that have only watched the dive for the past, like, (laughs) 10 weeks specifically are like, who's this guy in a Zale spot? Uh, I'm having a Zale's laptop as well. No, I used to cast and do analyst desk, and now I'm a game designer. Now you're the lead uh, balance designer. Right, you're in charge of everything. Any balance through. I've read Reddit. (laughs) If there's anything that I understand, is that you're responsible for everything good and Uh, bad that happens in League of Legends. Is is that not true? What about uh, Yumi? Because I read specifically this morning that Yumi's at 29%. uh, It's 9.30 p.m. (laughs) This is the morning for me, my friend. (laughs) I'm on night schedule brain here. When you're nocturnal, everything is relative. There is no day and night. Don't try and dodge the question, though. How uh, did you let uh, Yumi get out there with 29% win rate, Jack? Before he goes into this, we will talk about MSI eventually. We just want to get this Yumi thing out of the way because we're we're excited about it. And we haven't gotten to talk about recent changes in League of Legends. Yeah, so episodes. interestingly enough, uh, I was not the person who balanced Yumi or made Yumi. Uh, but mm, I was in story. a lot of playtests with Yumi. Uh-huh. Um, <clears throat> I do think she's actually really hard. And there's a lot of optimizations that people haven't done yet. And the viewers of the dive always get the hottest tips. So like, um, your AD carry should take TP because Yumi can double TP back to lane like super easily. Yumi doesn't need flash. You can do like heal ignite. Like even those things are just going to increase the win rate so so much because you mm-hmm. can jump in people. She has like this almost undodgeable cue that the AD carry has to like move with her so she doesn't lose range on it. Like there's a lot of really hard things about Yumi that are going to have like a long tail. So I don't know. Twenty nine looks low on, on day one if that's actually true from Lawlytics, but every champion starts. It actually reminds me a lot of Thresh, where if when Thresh first came out, no one understood the lantern and all support players were would be complaining they'd be like throwing the lantern at their marksman's feet and the marksman would like stand there or walk away or something and you're like oh you just yeah. walk out of the range of the yumi q and it doesn't work anymore you don't have teleport and uh, now six years later we still have to yell at people to click the lantern so <laughs> i'm not i'm cautiously optimistic maybe for the yumi skill progression but we might just live in a world forever where 80 carries never walk forward for their yumi and that's like the number one complaint so is this like a plus 
25% win rate skill gap that we're talking about here? So, or? I mean, I, I think... Let, let me look at this. Have you ever taken heal and ignite? <laughs> like, that's like, he, having heal and ignite is alone. Because look, like I'm following everything that's buff. been said so far, but I don't know whether that makes you win a quarter more game. <laughs> it's sounding like you need to duo with your I mean, if it's, if it's literally the first time everyone's played Yumi, like, she didn't ship specifically with the patch she got turned on like halfway through the day so i can see this being an even smaller sample size than usual i don't know we'll see tomorrow if she's <laughs> I'm, like if she's weak i know the team has the like riot balance and stuff. i don't know we'll see All if, right. if she's weak she'll get buffed if she's too strong she'll get nerfed that's how new champions are right. well <laughs> you know honestly i'm so glad you're here to share that insight with yeah. us as to how the balance team approaches well them. so you do a lot of stuff and you actually make release plans and you try and predict what the like growth curve of the champion is going to be and then you set targets on like a couple days into the patch what their winner would be and then if it's above or below those targets then you would do like a micro patch so i've read one of those can you share the like the predict any of the predictions that no i haven't read yumi's wow Oh, yeah, good. it exists. Nice. <laughs> <laughs> the people who need yes, that stop that, that conversation. Asking <laughs> on Yumi, given the fact that you said it is like a duo champion, what champion do I duo? Like, so Kobe and I, we're going into Summoner's Rift game. Obviously, I'm Yumi because I'm cuter. What does Kobe play? <laughs> Kobe, what do you want to play? What, what do you uh, play? Usually when I play bottom, I play Jin. That'll work. So <laughs> like <laughs> that'll work. Uh, actually, that would be super sick because you'll hit confirm the Jin W. Uh, you just send out the little like swirly Yumi Q that you get to hit with your cursor. It slows him. You don't miss the Jin W. Okay, so then it, it, is his a skill yeah. shot though? I haven't e even watched the. So the Yumi Q literally. So like Yumi jumps in the eighty carry and then just like this Q just shoots out and you're like woo and just like hits the dude and slows. But he has to aim it. So I have to rely on him to hit the skill. No, no, no. Totally, no. it's not that for him hard. to move the mouse onto the opponent. Yeah. yeah. Does it time out? Like uh, I can get yeah. there in a roundabout way. Yeah, it's like way. two or three seconds. Oh, that's I'm not fine. super. We, we got there. All right, all right. Seconds is forever it's a long time i will uh, watch grown men debate publicly available information yeah. <laughs> <laughs> this is what you come to the dive for we haven't even gotten to the amazing europe versus na analysis oh, yes uh and then the last thing i'll say is i think if you have like a fed jacks on your team or a mm. fed silas like a melee bruiser popping a yumi on one of those really good yeah you can imagine like just go to the it's a good time to try and be a fed and, silas by yeah, the way stuff like that. strong chance. yeah well, we should jump into some relevant MSI discussion uh, because <laughs> yeah. that's what we are all here for. And technically, since Europe finished one game above NA in groups, I will hand the reins over to Dracos. You have the power. I feel so, like you're actually trolling me right now, though, because you know how our run ended for Europe. Yeah, like, why is one <laughs> win more important than, like, beating Fung Vu Buffalo five times versus zero? Or at least beating Fung Vu Buffalo once. <laughs> we beat SKT! Okay, calm down, <laughs> Flame Squad. Congrats on beating Fung Vu Buffalo. Really Thank enjoyed you. watching you scrape it into groups, by yeah. the way, in North America. You know, five um, times in a row. Look, <laughs> I think great. The, the discussion that we have to have, obviously I'm... I am still proud of G2 as an EU representative for yeah. making it out of groups, for playing some good games of League of Legends, and I'm also very sad because they have played some pants-on-head games of League of Legends, <laughs> and I'm really actually sincerely worried about the bot lane heading into best of five, but I did take some time to talk to uh, Mickey specifically yesterday about it, and he said, hey, look, we were, look at the end of our regular season. Yes. We were, we were losing games. He they said, didn't like, even have Mickey. They didn't even have Mickey. We were losing games. They were playing Promise Q instead. And he said, like, and look how strong we came into playoffs. Now, this mm -hmm. isn't as much of a turnaround time. They had three weeks 
to turn things around, but he's very confident. And, and they have a travel day too, right? Because the they will have a travel day, yeah, yeah. to make it to Taipei. Okay. So difficult turnaround, but they are a team that uh, so far has proven the ability to look at what they've done wrong and adjust when they have one or two days in between. Um, well, they've proven that with, with three weeks. Can they do it in one or two days? That's the question. But I'm inclined to give them the benefit of the doubt, just given the ceiling that we've seen from this team. But I'm not going to lie to any of the viewers. <laughs> Those were a rough couple of games. When I was like, when I saw a very strong, very aggressive bot lane put on Ezreal Tom Kench duty, I was like, and we're back to Yarnan and Wadid. It's the same exact situation we were at at Worlds. But that roster was also successful. Yeah. yeah. I mean, then there was also the game where they had Yankos on Karthus, a uh, uh-huh. jungler without as much um agency to be able to create things in the early game and and that game also went kind of poorly so i think the theme has been putting all of the members on champions uh that will give you possibilities mm. earlier on yeah i mean i didn't follow EULCS as closely as i normally would have but i watched like most of g2 you have games. to say lec now i know you've been gone for a while Ooh. you have to say lec how do you EULCS is what we use to meme you guys do you always say lec or do you try and like say the whole word i just say right? eu or i just say lec okay and it's easier but trust me i i butchered it for like the first month that i had to say what'd you it. say i i said league the oh. eulec what I call it? European League of Legends Championship. I couldn't actually say the full thing because you have to say the full thing when you do like analyst desk. Oh, yeah. or, or okay. Whatever. Anyway, uh, <laughs> the they're definitely this is like a meme that uh, I think Clutch tried to say. They're like a high variance team. G two is actually like a super high variance team, but I think I'd prefer that to the low variance average team, right? Um, which if your low variance average is losing that's then that's not good right <laughs> that's yeah. what liquid looks like to i mean me. low variance for liquid was doing nothing in the early game and yeah. that was like nice nice low variance there yeah, yeah. so like th- that's that's to me uh g2 or has an opportunity to string a few good games together right and they have beaten skt twice i wouldn't consider them like a favorite yeah I, SKT, I feel like the but... phrasing on that doesn't give them enough i, I think g2 are a legitimately good team i think they play a very yeah. volatile style it's high risk high reward so it makes it feel less consistent but i think that this is a very even matchup in my mind, despite the the last two games with SKT ramping up and G2 maybe falling off a bit. I actually think it's pretty well balanced. Assuming G2 come in at the form we saw in their better games, mm-hmm. um, and I, I don't think it's fair to say it's like, ooh, can they string together a couple wins? Um, while in the past that was probably true, I think here this team actually stands a really good shot. And I think that G2's current like draft baseline is also very good. They utilize mm-hmm. the current meta flex picks very well. They do have an aggressive jungler, and then they do have the craziness that they put on top of it. So it's like they're starting already at a great place in draft that they can mm-hmm. attack you in multiple areas. And then they do have you know the counters and the uh, kind of practice strategies that they like to run. So I think that that gives them much more of an advantage in this matchup specifically because I didn't like SKT's baseline. And then they got to a good point in draft, I think, by the end of it. G2 already started where SKT ended, in my eyes, draft-wise. Not individual player skills. I still think they're going to have problems with Clid in the the jungle. But I think, like, you know, bottom lane, not as big as an issue right now against SKT. Yeah, I'm still really excited for G2. Uh, I mean, I think there's a lot of things to be excited for. You touched on it a little bit, but, like, the creative picks are definitely going to be there. They talked about still having more in store for the best of fives, and they (laughs) already showed Pike top. That that to me was you know one of the one of the funnest games. Yeah. Even it, with it getting focused and abused early on, 
still being able to find success with it. Plus, to me, one of the things that I really like about this team is it seems that all of the players have that killer instinct that is looking to carry the game with some yep. you know, game-winning play. If all of your teammates are always looking for the game-winning plays and they're very willing to roam around the map, that's what makes these early and mid-games so interesting to me because... Yeah. There's so much mobility where, oh, they're rotating people from bottom up to top uh, or mid lane to cover over so someone else can go roam and, and try and create that play. Those are the things where you're always looking for opportunities. Yeah, I mean, I hope my initial thing of like calling them high variance wasn't meant to be a flame <laughs> or anything because yeah, I, sure. I think there's an interesting uh, kind of inflection point that's going to happen in this best of five with G2 versus SKT. Because um, group stage is one thing. We've seen SKT go through group stages at like, wasn't it a couple of MSIs ago? They're like six and four. Yeah, and you're still out of one. Place. Like, yeah. once you're at a group stage, it's really all that matters, and there's not much of a functional difference between second and third seed. So, uh, the fact that Europe in general outperformed Korea last year's World Championship, right? Um, if they then can beat SKT, G2 beating SKT, clearly the best team in the LEC, and even though Griffin was a competitor for most of the split in the LCK. They fell off. SKT, clearly the best team in yeah. Europe, right? Uh, SKT That's now... Definitely the best team in Europe. Super agree. Yeah. <laughs> uh, whoops. Uh, SKT... Yeah, spoiler. It's all good. Clearly, <laughs> clearly ramping up throughout the group stage too, trolling yeah. with Sonoteric and losing in 16 minutes into smashing a 9-0 IG in the final game, right? Both teams coming in at high strength. Uh, if G2 could beat them... I think you could actually seriously start the conversation and even say that Europe would be a, a stronger region than Korea. I, feel, I love what he's just done there. So he, Jat's come back as a commentator for one show yeah. and just planted this seed. Yeah. And he's going to... And know, now I don't have to live with the consequences. He just walks yeah. away. Uh, just, he's done. If G2 beats SKT, I'm just saying... Maybe they're better than Korea. I, this is this is. I'm going to clip this quote out, and anytime yeah. I want to make this point, I'll also say Jat said it too. Just so yeah. the flame is like spread. Also, you know? Jat said E was garbage. <laughs> uh, so no. just so imagine how that Korea must be. Yeah. <laughs> it is a discussion that we've been having though, because behind after... the scenes, Kobe, we've been having it behind the scenes. <laughs> we haven't had it in front. Really? I haven't been in part we, of we had it. We had it a little bit on the desk. We had it on the desk. No, yeah, yeah. We, we've also talked about it on the show. Don't worry. Um, <laughs> but it, it's true because it started last year with Worlds, right? And yeah. Everyone. Everyone was more willing to give Korea a pass on last year's Worlds and being like, yeah. okay, they weren't ready for the pace of the game. They were not ready and they needed some time to adjust. But after last year's Worlds and all of the interviews with all of these SKT coaches, all of the LCK coaches talking about, we will not stand for this. We are changing the way that we play the game. You know, blah, blah, blah. <laughs> if they, if, if like you say, like if it's the similar story here and in Europe destroys them at, at MSI, then, then that is a real story, right? Going into Worlds this year, um, yeah. that will be one, one of the biggest question marks. Yeah. And to be fair, to like super honest, I usually hate it when people say this prematurely. Right. Like yes. I would hate yeah. them to beat them twice in group <laughs> stage and say Europe is better than Korea. But if they then beat them in a best of five, this is what is at stake okay. is the ability to have this conversation. So let me ask a question. Yeah. G2 come in. Yeah. They 3-0. Yeah. SKT. Yeah. Three Korean Sweet. teams, a match with three European teams. Yeah. You know, at certain points in Worlds. Yeah. 
does that mean that Europe enters those games? Like in the, because this historically Ooh, what has happened is yeah. any game that a Korean team faced, they were automatically the favorites, even if it was third seed versus one team. True. And historically, it has been very successful for the LCK. So that's where I'll leave it. But now in this theoretical world, you're starting to adjust your power rankings mm. to what level? Is it just first is better than first, yeah. but then second and third, you know, all the way down to Jinair? Or is it somewhere else that you guys are I, actually thinking? I would about? say the issue with that is that G2, like you guys keep saying, was clearly yeah. very far so above. So it was SKT. They 3-0'd Griffin. Yeah, but G2 5-0'd Origin. 6 <laughs> <laughs> 0 Yeah, and CL 5-0'd Fungu Buffalo. So really, like, what are we talking about here? No, so I take the point, but the LCK final was a very one-sided affair. Like, yeah. whatever, you know, terminology you want to use for it. So I think that there is currently yeah but this, the season well. the season overall was much less summer right that was one yep. series versus griffin yep. that many people were attacking for choking once again in a high pressure finals right then, and yes you, you can you can you know debate the the but choking what about zone right because they also destroyed king zone and king zone had the most successful bottom lane of the lck as well like coming into that like when you have a look at yeah at death so, season so what i'm saying is there was clearly like by the end of the season in my opinion i'll make this statement 3-0 in your semi-final 3-0 final there was a clearly a best team in korea there mm -hmm. is clearly a best team in europe right now we're in msi it's all about you know europe versus best the team. lck they where do we like how yeah, far second do we take and third it? and fourth is really tricky because yeah. I, I i'm it, it'll be weird saying that we're way too far down the rabbit hole. I think we should probably hop, hop back up. Hold on. Office. I don't want to but, let him no, get away with yeah, this. Yeah, yeah, really? Because yeah. I was just going to say, I'm not going to say Origin is better than King Zone. Okay. Well, and also, do you, if you... If you <laughs> I'm not either. <laughs> <Okay>. <laughs> Take yourself back to that moment in time. Even after the King Zone match, mm -hmm. uh, they did interviews with all of the players and coaches. 90% of them still predicted Griffin. Wait. Yep. Really? Yeah. Heading into I the finals. I was, I and was then on the, day, no, yeah. on the day, no, okay, everyone yeah. on the day, everyone, everybody. Um, so yeah, I agree with you. So that's where I'm saying because in my head right now, what MSI is proving is that G2 could be a better team than SKT at this tournament. However, I have no yeah. more confidence in Europe as a region coming into Worlds that tier uh, C two and three are going to be able to upset Korea this year. Whilst it did happen last year, and Korea had a shocking Worlds. I think that this MSI already has done enough of resetting my expectation of the LCK coming into the World Championships later. I, do, I actually, I don't think so. Oh, right. as in resetting them as the dominant? Not the dominant, not number one, one, one but like one or two, I think. I don't think that right. Europe gets the two slot automatically at the moment. All right, let's take it back to how this series is going to play that play okay. out then. And, and the actual strategy of this match, because one of the biggest things that SKT did show on the final day, um, once again... Clid's early game dominance. This has kind of been a theme for them, even when they were losing games. And that's going to be one of the biggest strengths for them, I think, going versus G2. Yeah, I mean, I set the stage because I love, like, sports and how, like, freaking cool it would be if G2, like, smash SKT and we started having all these, like, fanboys saying that he used better than LCK because I think it would be legitimate. I think SKT is going to smash them. Like, just watching the way the group stage progressed through the end of it and... This is something that I love being able to say as an outsider because I can just like drop it and then run away. Uh, <laughs> is I, I was amazed how well Mickey was playing at the start of group stage mm -hmm. and how well G2 is playing if what they're saying externally is actually true. Like if he was playing 
almost no scrims leading up to the LEC finals and then was playing like two scrims a day leading up to MSI and then is like, dude, you can't be the best League of Legends player in the world playing that little. Like you, 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 you have a skill ceiling at some point and then it'll yeah. be like this slow decay. So uh, I, I do like that to me is still this like crazy thing in the back of my mind of like, do they even have more strategies that are going to be comfortable because they clearly haven't put the time in with their five, right? So that that to me actually limits their flexibility a little bit. And then also just the fact that SKT seems to have completely adapted to the meta. As Kobe said, Clid has been amazing with his early game pathing and early ganking. They're picking very strongly gankable solo lanes to enable Clid's early ganking and jumping out to early leads to get a lot of turret plates and just kind of using good macro and team fighting the rest of the game. So, like, they just seem really solid to me, even if G2 beat them twice in group stage, right? So that's kind of where I'm at. Yeah, so for me, I mean, I, I do think that ultimately, especially when you look back at the group stage, that the the Wonder Pike top loss was ultimately on SKT. I think that they, don't get me wrong, the that Pike game top, was sweet. That up. game was Pike sweet. Was awesome. It was hype. I love G2 for bringing it back. They definitely capitalized on the opportunities given to them, but also I feel like SKT on a better day wouldn't have given those opportunities because that's mm-hmm. a massive leaning gold lead. And while, like, you always have to respect Pike just because of the nature of the execute and, like, the surprising amount of uh, damage or execute, whatever, I don't even know what you want to consider it, that he can contribute, but that game was not the biggest confidence booster to me outside of proving what I already knew about G2, which, which is that if like if you misstep, if, if you give them opportunities, they will capitalize on them. But I will say that I'm actually terrified of Clid. I'm Clid is so mm. scary good right now, and that the way that they're drafting for Teddy and Mata to set them up for aggressive early game picks, um, also I feel like mm-hmm. it's going to put a lot of pressure on Mickey and Perks, who I do think have been the weakest members of the team thus far. I think they started very strong um, when Mata was running it down into them in that first SKT game. Uh, and then it's been a struggle since then. I think the Varus Tom Kench, the Ezreal Tom Kench, clearly the team is putting willing to just put them on the back foot in the laning phase um, and put them on more utility-focused picks. And that's not what I want to see, especially from Mickey. Perks, I'm okay being a consistent DPS carry. Whatever they want to give him, that's fine. Like, whatever he's comfortable on. But for Mickey... I want to see him consistently on the playmakers, and mm-hmm. we haven't consistently seen those games. And that's that scares me more than anything is how G2 is actually going to approach this draft. Yeah, so Mickey's played five Tom Kench games, two Rakan, one Nautilus, one Morg, one Galio. Mm-hmm. Eh. Tom Kench is a good pick, right? Like, Tom Kench, you can make plays with Tom Kench. You can be aggressive with Tom Kench. Like, sure, he stuffs stuff, but he does a lot for the team. Anyway. I, I just think, um, I mean, if we look back at both of those two games, the, the first game that they played yep. um, was actually the most impressive to me because that mm-hmm. was Yankos going top, putting resources into Wonder, and Wonder having the Jace matchup and just abusing SKT. That was mm-hmm. one of that was that might have actually been the cleanest game that I saw from G2 right at the beginning of the tournament absolutely. over SKT. That's what gave me so much confidence. Uh, because Wonder absolutely dominated. And it wasn't just that, oh, you know, they have a Jace matchup and the jungler went there to gank. But then they were able to move Wonder down to the rest of the map. They quickly pick up the other two outer turrets. And then they close out the game extremely cleanly. So kind of adding that to the kind of pike turnaround on top side, it has been a lot of focus to me, you know, with jungle and top side especially 
for G2 attacking SKT and both times it being successful to me is not just kind of a one-off thing with a uh, crazy pick or whatever. You know, first time they take the Jace, second time they bait SKT mm -hmm. into taking the Jace yep. and have a counter. I just feel like those are the types of mind games and strategy going into a best of five mm. where I'm like, ooh, G2, they might actually have Coma's number. So I just want to hit on the counter bit quickly. Mm -hmm. Because why did Pike have to be played into Jace? Because I've had this conversation with so many people. Because like when you say counter, I assume that like in the okay. historical sense answer, of the word, answer should be answer, a better he word. He was down maybe. twenty-eight CS, two turret plates, and two kills. Like that's the mm -hmm. worst answer ever. It was a that's great team comp, but like how did it actually help out? So the to Jace me, lane? yeah, yeah, a uh, counter doesn't have to be a lane counter to you know win your lane. Okay. So the idea, the theory behind it, of, yep. of course, you're well aware now. Like the passive for Pike, you can take more of the harassment, yep. similar to like you know a tank uh, matchup into Jace, but he actually gets abused less than a tank does and has more mobility and more threat to set up for a jungle gank, right? So the idea is you're trying to attack the Jace to play it off of the Jace's tendencies of pushing up to the turret, trying to get turret plates, and then you kill them, right? That's kind of what we heard yeah. about the pike in scrims. Absolutely, because like I kind of agree with uh, Dracos, and I made the same mistake on cast that I think SKT made in game, which was two kills was enough, let's go bottom lane, let's secure dragon. Mm -hmm. And now I think like, so in my head, I completely agree with how you've just broken down the matchup, but I'm like, at that point in game, would pike Jarvan, which was a matchup, still have beaten Elise Jace. If mm. Lid had have continued to match Khan's side of the map and continued to path top. And after the first gank was successful, I don't think there's any stage of the game where they win that 2v2, which is why I was so worried about it. And then Pike's mobility and everything was fantastic. But SKT did such a great job against things like Talia and things in their final of actually just closing the map down that has similar... So I think mm. SKT definitely made a crucial error mm -hmm. and you got to applaud G2 for sticking to the game plan and really driving that win home It impressed the heck out of me but I'm just wondering whether you know how many more of these I'm kind of with Jad how many more of these things do you have to have prepared to beat this team in a best of five yeah so you're basically saying that this pike versus Jace thing is something that works once yeah right I, potentially and right. then or they'll understand to stay in the two for two I'm and then I'm kind of wondering why did yeah. you play it into Jason? Why didn't you play it into another split pusher potentially that was a melee matchup? Like, and like, why does it work versus Jace but doesn't work versus Aurelia or Silas? Both of them big pushing top laners, like kind of thing. I, I think that it's because Jace, like, it's there's very little good matchups that you could take okay. into Jace. So sense. it's just like one of the answers that they have come up with, right? Yep. It's not like uh, a great one for one counter or anything. And I do like your point about SK Telecom reacting initially so well to it. They saw mm -hmm. this pick in the top side yeah. and they're like, okay, we're diving you instantly. Jace Elise, we're still going to go forward with the Jace Elise that everyone knows, push in the tower, dive them immediately, and, and it is successful. Then there was just the other part about Pike where he shares money when he gets gold. Mm. They chased down three kills yeah. and that was, that was actually a 2,000 gold turn with Pike landing multiple alt resets and, and splitting the money between teammates. Yeah. It was like four kills or something. And that instantly, then everyone's like, oh, yeah, never mind. I'm back yeah, on absolutely. board. It was yeah. great. It's also just, but I, I do like your point, though. SKT had it on the ropes. 
even in a goal deficit too with Pike, the nature of like a support champion, right, is that he just has so much innately in his kit. And while Pike definitely benefits immensely from lethality, just like the base is on his alt, the um, the sheer amount of CC in his kit is like even when this champion gets put behind, it feels like he contributes so much just because of how slippery he is, how impossible to kill he is in a team fight. He will never die if he doesn't burn E, and he still has the potential to absolutely destroy a team fight with alt. But there's a reason that it's not a normal solo lane pick, right? Yeah. Oh, completely. I mean, it's, it's cooldowns are awful. Yeah. Like, you literally, you should lose so every trade. I think, it, I think it actually should be a normal soul lane pick. Again? Ooh. I think it's strong. Okay. Yeah. So my point was, and I like the point about the initial game that G2 played because that was the standard victory, and I really like that. But then I thought to myself when I was preparing for this matchup, in the last four games that we've seen SKT play, who in the tournament is a better early game team? If IG, uh, uh, an awake IG, like one yeah. with, with like good drafts and stuff. But that, that's kind of all I can think of, right? Because I think SKT was smashing early game. But G2 on a day, I think, could do it as well. So, yeah. I, I think G2 can match. I think that it's, for them, it's a lot about playing about playing around topside and mitigating some of the weaknesses. Because with Faker's level, so much of how I have historically viewed the game, mm -hmm. and I think how SKT continue to view the game, is if you have any mid laner, that is freed up by one or two jungle gangs and can exert the amount of pressure that Faker had in that IG game on Rise. The game becomes very hard to play towards side lanes. It, it's nearly impossible to attack Wonder's lane if Faker mm -hmm. has free reign over caps in the mid lane. And I was just watching like Faker continue to, like Clids was obvious because it was flashy. It was like in your face. It was nonstop action. Faker's to me was like more of a grind. It was more of like, I'm just going to beat everyone down and slowly get back to there. And that's my worry for this best of five is I think that G2 can take games. I think they're a superstar team and they're like electric at every point of the game. Mm -hmm. But Caps versus Faker, five games in a row with Faker putting him to the grind on the control majors, on things like the rise. And then he pulled out the Aurelia just as food for thought as well. I think that they are going to suffer around the mid lane. I haven't really seen Yankos and Caps like do what I want to see them do against someone like an IG with Rookie or like someone with a Faker. And I just think that in more than 60% of the games, Faker's going to get control of that mid lane area and then good luck attacking the sidelines because if you get counter ganked, then you're really in trouble when that happens. I, I'm trying to remember what happened in the group stage games. Well, I know in game number one, Faker was on his ear. He built a 20 CS lead and Caps just kept leaving right. the lane, which mm -hmm. was a great strategy for Caps. And that's what I hope I see G2 do because I think the worst thing you can fall into right now against mid lane of SKT is let's just lane into him. But the problem is, is he plays Aurelia, then you start to run out of that option because he just starts yeah. chasing you around. He actually everywhere. played as your both games. Yeah. 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 I I don't think we've seen uh, the like final form of the Faker versus Cavs matchup in the sense that I haven't seen both players on a champion with a lot of agency. Faker taking mm -hmm. the back foot or yeah. in, in terms of the Azir, right? He's not going to be the, the high priority Rome champion. Uh, that first game you talk about, Cavs very willing to put himself in a deficit just to provide pressure for the team. So I, I haven't seen that yet. And I will say that while we haven't seen Yankos play around mid super effectively, I think we've had one or two games. The Camille game was a good example, but we haven't seen it against really the top teams. Yep. Um, it is something that he showed a ton in LEC, and it's something uh, that the team has the history of doing well. And so for me, it most of this game is defined, I think, by the jungle matchup. I think that there is an advantage, mo most definitely, to SKT on the bottom side. Mm -hmm. I think Wonder is going to be a little bit better than Khan, and that can be amplified, of course, yep. by a counterpick. I, at this point, I would claim mid is even, 
but I do think Clid has been performing. I'm going to give it even. Are you, Cass, Are you kidding me? Fake is nearly the best performing mid laner at this tournament. Are you, are you going to have that? But outside, okay, so admittedly, after we watch Caps solo die to Jensen and kind of run it down on a quirky game, it's a little bit harder for me to have the grounds to make a compelling, a super compelling, strong finished, argument. Okay, so he finished group stage. 3-1-10-6-0-8-5-0-4-8-0-7. This faker? This is faker. Yeah, faker has... He died once in the last four games. 7.1 KDA, which is highest... KDA is not the gre- the greatest thing. But okay, well, just look at the pressure he had in he that He also Rise has, game. like, high CSD and high pressure in all the games. Against Rookie, he played Rise. And, like, I've never seen Rookie play a Zoe match up on the back foot. And Rookie didn't want to go near the guy. I mean, but to be fair, Caps has had, like... Okay, so the, most re- the, the issue for me is the most recent form... Faker absolutely has the edge, but we've seen Pete Caps in a couple games in this mm-hmm. tournament too. I think. The I fact don't think that, we've seen Pete Faker at this tournament. You don't think we've what? seen Pete Faker? That Rise game that, that we was just that Rise, that that rise game against that was that's got to be peak. Yeah, all right, maybe the yeah. Rise game, but R- I think R- if he doesn't play, lose on if Zoe. If he plays usually. that Rise game yeah. three games, Spellbinder Deathcap Rise with almost 900 AP at the end mm. of the game. Actually, two shotting people. That's watching, pretty peak. Oh god, watching yeah. good yeah. players. Yeah, that's peak. Honestly, I, though, I, I, I really have. Uh, you know, people keep bringing up like the caps point ten o or zero ten. You know, is he a Targaryen? Everyone, flip, <laughs> every game he goes into, you flip a coin. <laughs> which, which, which one are you gonna get? I do see games where caps beats Faker. Ooh. I do see games yeah. where. Uh, Faker uh, destroys caps, right? Mm-hmm. Um, and I think that that's an interesting conversation. And I like that you're continuing to bring it back to jungle as well. Mm-hmm. Because to me, and you're talking about the flashy plays that Clid makes, and everyone's paying attention when he gets the first six kills of the game. But you also need to pay attention when Clid goes bottom, sits in the tri bush for 15 seconds, just waiting for the enemy jungler to gank. And when there's no counter gank, he. Uh, goes back into the jungle and goes back to clearing. Then we'll uh, decide on his next move. But like those attempts at counter ganks always go unnoticed. And people are just because there's no action, right? And they're like, mm-hmm. oh, he's passing out here. Yeah, nothing's going on there or whatever. But he continues to make them and set them up. And those are the important, you know, percentages, percentage plays that um, I think really need to be realized so that when there is the success, mm-hmm. when you see him turn around the 2v2 and you're like, oh my God, he's a genius. He's he's setting that up multiple times and the only ones that are being recognized are the successful ones. So I, I just think that he is thinking about the enemy jungle pass so effectively. And I know we spoke about this, but even in the first game that they played against G2, even though Khan got destroyed in top lane, Clid was still finishing on the correct side of the map. It was just that there was such a big advantage already gained in the laning phase that there was no longer any way he could impact that play. But he was still up there at the perfect time trying to defend the dive. You know, they had to bring caps. They had to use multiple members. So I completely agree with you. I think, like, his first five levels at this tournament have shown just how, like, cerebral and how smart he is as a jungler. Mm. And then, once again, he does have that unbridled aggression when he is let loose on the games as well. So I think he kind of does bring the best of both worlds when it comes to the jungling position. I could is it could is I think everything in this matchup. I, I really can't say it enough. I, I the faker caps matchup is is always going to be interesting to me. I think caps has the potential to, to win, and I'm I will call that a straight 50-50. On a good day, I'd say it's in favor of caps. Actually, I have so much faith in that kid. You're and see like I'm how much how much EU. how much of your like 
oh my god, I don't think we've seen Final Faker. So level. it's just like this guy is Faker. He has a name, and we're just going to like assume plot armor. Here, here's yeah, sure, some it's not plot level. armor though. Even when Michael Jordan played for the Wizards, he could still drop fifty on. <laughs> At, like at a certain point, it's not plot armor at all. not forty years old. Yeah, exactly yeah. right. This guy's in the prime of his life, and he's on a great okay, team. So, um, this this is another one of those things that I, I normally like wouldn't get into because then I'd have like a. You're, you're just TMZ. Just yeah. do it. Just yeah. go. Yeah, yeah, just right. go. So, to say that Caps is better than Faker, I think is kind of irresponsible. Like it, it's. Faker has not fallen off. Like he is still probably the best mid laner in the world, and and Caps is actually uh like a European generational talent. Like I do think he's probably uh if he consistently performs uh, at this level for another number of years, the best mid laner ever in Europe. Right? You could make the argument that he already is, mm -hmm. but like three world championships however many domestic yeah yeah, yeah. i'm not i'm not trying to say that like he's he has a the pedigree like i respect faker's pedigree most certainly yeah, yeah. i'm talking about current level i'm not trying to discredit the achievements of faker i'm not even trying to say that like overall i'm just talking about pure pure 1v1 mid lane right now right like that that is the lens that i was looking at it through yeah. where i think caps i think caps can outmatch faker and he can i agree people I people had similar thoughts around the matchup with ig when he was on Fnatic, right? And, sure. and the finals, right? Yeah. Um, so I feel like this best of five, and best of fives are where we get real answers, right? Because best of ones, you can always chalk it up to something. You know, ah, the jungle display. But in a best of five, you know, we get mu so much more information. I think that's why so many people are looking forward to this one with these high expectations. And I'm right. I'm absolutely yeah. willing to be wrong if Caps gets 100% blasted here. I think consistency is still an issue, and I think consistency for Faker is fantastic. But I don't think Faker had like the best season in the LCK, right? I thought Faker was pretty yeah. good. I think that, that season was oh, the story. Faker's season wasn't great in the LCK. Yeah. That I'll agree with. Yeah, like Galio okay. Lissandra that, most games. That season was the story of Teddy, right? And while Faker right. has been ramping up, I'm not willing to just to give him the benefit of the doubt, even if he is absolutely the Michael Jordan of League of Legends. I'm not trying to take that away from him. Once again, in the mid lane, though, I do think Caps can beat him. Is it hard for me to say that after watching him get solo killed by Jensen? Once again, yes, very difficult. But I think I'm going to give him the credit that he's going to be back at peak caps and i'll assume mm -hmm. peak faker from what we've seen so far i hope well. to see it i hope we get both players at peak because then it's going to make it even more sweet when yeah faker <laughs> <just> destroys him <laughs> i, I want to see the this the hopeful skill matchups as good as a late game as here can be i hope we don't see it this series right because it yeah, just i don't want it. it it changes the type of matchup that i want to see out of those two guys uh i think top lane is also literally everything is important this is because the, i feel like in the last year the meta has consistently gone a little bit more towards the individual outplay, and it's become a lot more possible to win a skill check in lane and make it matter. So I think sometimes in the past where you'd say, oh, this matchup could key off of anyone, you were being like overly hyperbolic, but in a place where a good 2v2 kill turns into three turret plates and then like an extra thousand gold and then dragon control, like... Literally any lane that outperforms in the 2v2 could be the story. So the fact that in the 10 games we saw from group stage, we saw instances of every single individual lane on both teams having that type of moment, which 
pulled the game ahead. It makes me just want to pay so much attention to the early game because I think these teams are both capable. I think. I mean, I think in the meta right now, early game is is pretty much everything, right? That's like, why everyone's focusing on junglers. Yeah, yeah. yeah. That's yeah. why we have to keep talking about junglers. And what I will say about G two that they have done better than maybe any team at this tournament is when they get one of those plays in any of their three lanes, they take it everywhere on the map. How? Whether it's Perks getting the advantage, Caps, or Wanda getting the advantage, that advantage visits like every single area on the map very, very quickly after that advantage is gained, and that's how they win games very quickly. Yeah. Haven't there also been like a decent amount of 2v2 kills and 1v1 kills, yeah. like, even without been, jungler intervention? Yeah, yeah. Like a much higher than we would have seen a year ago, I think. Yeah, a lot of those, are, I feel like, what would have tried to be 3v2 kills, and then someone just gets like hard outplayed. Sometimes we see 2v3. We saw a lot of 2v3 kills this tournament. Yeah, this, this is like bad games. An incredibly... A uh, bloody tournament, most yeah. certainly. I, and the other thing that I want to touch on that, that's been brought up is like the the creativity of G two. Mm -hmm. And I will say that while Mickey not scrimming is concerning, most certainly that yeah. he's um, probably scrimming now. So like my full schedule, probably uh, maybe my understanding yeah. coming into it was that they were cutting scrims as much as possible to preserve yeah. his wrist. I don't know if that's changed now that they're in bracket stage and they're like, screw it, we'll take the risk. I hope not for the sake of his health and his future, but uh, I'd understand it if they did mm -hmm. from a competitive standpoint. But we we they showed us three completely different games in the finals versus OG with three completely different strategies, and I feel like this is a team that isn't going to run out of things. Now, how many effective strategies are they going to have versus SKT? That's a much better question because they could have some really dumb stuff planned. They could have some absolutely bonkers, like useless flex picks. I would not doubt that. But they're not going to run out of unique strategies if the way that they want to approach this series is by throwing curveballs with unique yeah. flex picks or busting out something like a I, I agree with that. And sitting in the room while people scrim, whilst not as effective, and I'm never going to pretend it is, you know, six-man rosters have existed in the past and they mm -hmm. can be utilized very, very effectively. And as long as he's part of the decision-making process of what the comps are, then I have, like, every faith that the guy's going to be able to execute it because he is a brilliant support, right? Yeah. How long have we talked about this matchup? Do we do predictions? I don't have, like, when I was hosting this What's show, your I prediction, have, like, Jack? Uh, <laughs> SKT 3-1. And Not I also confident think, enough for the 3 0. And I also think SKT will win MSI. Ooh, I'm going to go. I was going to go with a 3 2. I also was going to give the edge to SKT in the end, but I thought it was closer. I was going to go 3 2. I'll give G2 3 2. I, I think that if they hadn't dropped those last few games, and if it if Mickey and Perks had looked better, I'd be more confident. I would have said 3 0 3 1, actually. I really have a lot of confidence in this team, but. I'm worried about their bot lane in a way that I don't think like two days off is gonna is gonna fix everything. The other thing to me was there were a couple of drafts where you're just like, wait a second, why? Yeah, like, uh, the, I, if you're talking main, about the vein top, the draft, top end they're of the clearly running it down, and like yeah. that's not gonna happen in a best of five. We're wondering, literally first timing vein top. No, they, I, okay. you guys are like, vein top can work. Vayne Top's better than Vayne Bot. I understand Vayne Top is rates. good, but it won't be his first time if they're going to pick Vayne Top. That's what I mean. That's why it was trolled. It'll be second time. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. um. SKT, first time Sona Tarek and didn't even like read the talk to someone who's done it before in their life. Yeah, like, then they, okay, they, so then it's a moot point because like, SKT is also can do really dumb worse. stuff in trap. <laughs> yeah. Okay. So both teams have a 1% chance to pick a pick yeah. that they've never played before. Apparently SKT will give them 2% because <laughs> yeah. they did it with two champions. Did it with two champions. <laughs> but uh, <laughs> Yeah, I I think overall it's it's I want to believe that they can ramp up, but I think that it would be disingenuous to to give them that benefit of the doubt in such a small period of time when they had three yeah. weeks last time they needed to ramp up going into playoffs. Um, 
I still believe that they can do it, absolutely. But I do think Clit is stronger right now, and I think that is mm. going to be a hugely defining factor in this. You're series. making me want to switch back to G2 with your talking up SKT now. <laughs> I wanted you to be excited. Oh, I am excited. I am. I've legitimately like. I want to see them win, and I want. Ultimately, I don't think G2 can beat IG right now because I think the stylistically they match up in too many ways, and they're just they have right now individually better players. Mm-hmm. But they can beat SKT. I 100% believe that they can beat SKT. I'm gonna steal Spawn's prediction because I just want to like randomly say something since we talked up Clint so much. I think Yankos is criminally underrated. I don't think Yank. I- I hear people talking about him like, oh, sometimes he chokes. Oh, sometimes he tilts. Like, I think he is one of the best European junglers, especially internationally. I think he's one of the best European junglers of all time. There's no doubt in my mind there. Gotta make that a stronger segment. The best. Who who would be better? Who's better? So Trick won two MVPs randomly. That was like a weird time. I don't think right now is a good time to bring up Trick, though. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) I'm just saying he won two MVPs. No, no, no. Trick Trick, Trick domestically was an absolute monster. Uh, Anyway, Yankos is actually just like really, really good. Yankos is really good. Okay. I don't know. I just just heard like a mixed opinion. I'm just going to show you off again. I'm sorry. I got to say this. The Karthus game doesn't count. I'm going to say for the record. That game was bad for so many reasons, and it was just early game mistakes compounded on the fact that it was a Karthus jungle. Please do not take that into account when you look at Yankos as a jungler. That was a team failing, not like a Karthus jungle is useless, although it did highlight some of the weaknesses, or Yankos is a bad player. That said, I think Clit has the edge. Is it like Yankos sucks, he's going to choke? No, 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 no. It's just I think Clit is performing better right now. Yeah, It definitely wasn't the Karthus fault that yeah. bottom lane died at two minutes and then mid lane <laughs> got instantly ganked. Are you sure? But I've been in a lot of games where that is Karthus's fault. <laughs> like, let's I, I understand the game. I forgot what we're talking about. It's your time. <laughs> it's your turn, it's your turn to predict. SKT G2. So before this tournament, I had IGG2 final, was my prediction. I can see that. I am going to do the quickest backpedal of all time. I think that SKT beat G2, I think they beat them handily. Uh, I I don't know if J two get a game. Boom. He said I don't know though. So but he didn't predict the three zero. All right, I predict. Can we there you go. can we kick him off? <laughs> you can. Can... You're sitting right there. <laughs> I wouldn't do that. No. To you. So the thing is, and like so ma- taking so many things into account, I think that this will be a swingy series. SKT mm-hmm. will either get control in game number one and they just won't let it up, or G two will I think play standard and play well and do what they did the first time against SKT, mm-hmm. and then SKT will really struggle. I think that the five games is like actually the most controversial thing because that infers a back and forward mm-hmm. kind of bout when what we've seen from both of these teams is that they streaky, they go on runs when they have momentum behind them, they don't let it up very much. So I think that if G2 do win, they're going to win in like 3-0 or they're going to drop a random game three somewhere and then they're going to win 3-1 as well. I think that whoever gets ahead in this series is probably going to stay ahead from the way I'm looking at it. Yeah, it's a yeah. series you must watch. Or don't and just check Reddit afterwards. Yeah. No! <laughs> what? What? We're enjoying the broadcast. Watch the show. <laughs> Sweet. Spawn is uh not right. been updated. Next matchup yeah. is also going to be interesting considering that Team Liquid just had an impressive performance versus G2 yeah. uh, in the last game of groups. I was when, pleasantly surprised. When they had to pull it out, yeah. X Smithy woke up. And that was the biggest takeaway yeah. <laughs> of that last day and the last game to me. I was because the whole tournament, yeah. I was like, what has happened what is happening? to X Smithy? And even Jensen, and and I started to lose faith. I was yeah. just like, I, they in the losses, the losses look so depressing. Mm-hmm. 
that I, I, you know, after the we're depressing. the first loss in the day, I was just like, I don't even I, know where where to believe anymore. The two people that I am happiest for after this result, double lift, is one first off double lift, obviously wonderful. <laughs> Congrats to double lift. No, no, it's it's Kobe. Okay. (laughs) I've watched Kobe be on nocturnal schedule, be sleep deprived, and so incredibly sad for like the first four days of the tournament. Miserable. Miserable, like another year, another disappointment. Because if there's anyone who like I feel like embodies NA fandom, not in that it's ever carries over in a way that's unprofessional, but like you truly take it to heart when NA does well, when they do poorly, you wear that on your sleeve. And so watching the difference between they're smashing G2 Kobe and like, oh God, we're losing again. Kobe is just like the craziest thing in the world. Cause it's like <laughs> the second you saw X Smithy get a gank off, you're like, yes. <laughs> do you know, like, what, <laughs> do you know what's awesome? We can feel like NA did it. They just went four and six again. They always go four and six in groups. Wait, what do you mean? Have you not notice this? What do you mean? Did it though? Yeah. <laughs> they made, they it, made to- it to groups. That's like a big thing. Yeah. for Double lift, right? Like yeah. they went four and six this year. You know what they went last year? Four and, six. four and six. Yeah. They lost a tiebreaker. The year before, TSM, four and six, lost a tiebreaker. Flash Wolves got worse. Hell yeah. Let's go. <laughs> I feel like you're fearless now that you're on the balance team and have to face no repercussions from the North what? American fans. Balance team faces so many repercussions. <laughs> the only thing I had to worry about on like Caster is whether or not I said Bjergsen was good or bad at like the right or wrong time. <laughs> right? You had to be very if you hit careful the Reddit cycle, that. you're like, you all right, Bjergsen is, else. is very high right yeah. now. I should definitely come in with now a compliment. Now you like, take like one second cooldown off the wrong ability and his win rate goes up like 4%. So you got you got to be really careful on the with balance. great power, Jack. Yeah. So this is why I'm just like, this is like house money. This is nothing. <laughs> um. Anyway, uh, on a serious note, uh, I am happy for Team Liquid. I do think it's cool that they made it into group stage, uh, into bracket stage, and I think they're extremely reliant on the early game this tournament, which kind of bundles off of Kobe's Smithy point. Uh, their early games have gone so badly in the games they've lost like just insanely badly for how consistent they were supposed to be in the regular season i think it was three games in a row where we start the game not three minutes into it you see either jensen or bottom lane just get solo or 2v2 killed yeah and then the the camera pans and you see another one and i'm just like (laughs) I'm out. <laughs> or there's like a gank and they just blow both summoners and still die. And then they come back to lane and die again. That happened in one of the double of yep. games, I think. Oh my goodness. It was, that was one of those when I wake up in the morning and I watch the VOD and I just, if you don't know, you can press L to skip 10 seconds forward on YouTube <laughs> as opposed to the right arrow, which goes only five, five seconds. seconds. You're skipping I was 10 pressing seconds. A lot of a L's just to game. see if anything turned around. That feels appropriate. Just yeah. taking the L. Uh, the other thing I'll say is that the worst moment for me was like when we were like, oh, we want to see more from Team Liquid in the early game. I feel like right after we said that in the cast room, I watched Smithy contest a Scuttlecrab at level two as Hecarim and die. And I was like, <sighs> But the thing was, and like this is where when you start really breaking down those plays, it gets even like, it gets a little bit sadder because like <laughs> oh, Smithy no. contested the Scuttlecrab and then ran into the Galio, the only member on the map that had CC available, as opposed to just running back towards mid lane where there was no CC available. Look, like, there were so many things that, like, it was just, it was painful to watch. Yes. Some of those <clears throat> Even <clears throat> as a non. Horses go fast, gargoyles go slow. Vis a vis could have outran it, he yeah, thought. He, he, he nearly got <laughs> gargoyles go slow. Yeah, that's like I've really, never heard that before. That's the type of thinking you need to get to. He needed to take his bleachers off. Uh, but <laughs> it was just blinders. <laughs> it was bleachers? Blinkers. Blinkers. Ah. That's what you put on horses. 
so they don't get spooked in For battle. For those of you talking. unaware, we have really stupid debates in the cast room all the time, and there was a long debate yeah. about well, where makes the up words, blinders so slash blinkers sense. from horses came from and what yeah. they were actually called. Yeah, um, but I think that TL... For a team that's, st- I'm kind of like with Jat on this. Is like they started two o, mm-hmm. and then they ended two eight. I mean, strength of schedule. They started with yeah. Bangbu and, and Flash, Flash Wolves. Wolves yeah, way. four six. No, uh, I understand. Like as in like, but uh, sorry, two six. So two, like six, the yeah. last eight games they played. Right. So, uh, and by the end of it, I was kind of confused what this team's strengths was because they started playing more heavily around Jensen. I think. Like in a lot of the games that I was seeing, and there wasn't as much attention given to double lift and core JJ as I was maybe initially expecting. I thought that they actually upped the pace of the game fairly significantly. Their best game was when Smithy just went berserk on the Jarvan. So I don't have a great grasp on what now a winning game for Team Liquid looks like. I felt like I knew what it was coming into MSI because I'd seen them do it so many times domestically. Yeah. But now in this tournament, I don't know whether it is like throw caution to the wind, give him leasing, give him job and let him pop off. Because I was expecting much more Sejuani games coming out of Smithy, you know, mm. paired up with something maybe like a gangplank and heavy focus on b- bottom lane dives at level six or something like that. I just, I, I'm kind of confused as to what I want to see out of well, TL now. So I think the adaptation that Team Liquid has learned over the course of this tournament yep. is that they cannot get through the early lane phase in a passive manner. Yeah. Um, they They could do that previously in in North America, but they cannot do that on the world stage. So they need Xmithy to be on one of those picks to go for these ganks and go for these fights to get to the stage of the game where they do still rely on their similar strengths. Double have talked about in his interview afterwards, they still want to be a mid-game buff invade heavy team fight oriented you know, five group. They do not want to be this side lane split push, look for the collapses, look for the pinches, um, you know, type of team. And we saw that on stage when they drafted the Rise and LeBlanc combination and they got to that stage of the game, yet they just, they didn't look for the same plays. They didn't, they don't see the same plays even though they have the same champions. Mm Um, and they can they can use these powerful champions, but they still should stay true to their mid game style. With the caveat that I think they need the combat power earlier yeah. in the lane phase, so they just don't get killed everywhere. Yeah, uh, I think your earlier question spawn of what type of team this is. Uh, I think previous iterations of Team Liquid, so like last year or even like other any teams that make it international events, as soon as they struggle they completely collapse and fall apart. Yep. Uh, I actually think this Team Liquid found a way to recover by playing differently than they did in the regular season to find wins, right? That's why I think they stopped playing around double lift and laning phase because it just wasn't working at all, yeah. right? Double lift has, uh, I just checked, the second worst DPM of all the 80 carries in the mm-hmm. tournament, uh, the worst CSD in the early lane because like other teams are just beating them in 3v3s. Or 2v2s, yep. right? So either double wasn't playing well or the synergy wasn't well or the nerves were getting to them, but they couldn't win like that. So this is where the offseason acquisition of Jensen and the year Impact put into playing new picks actually paid off. Like finally, they've actually been talking about this for like a year and a half, how they're trying to play different styles. 
I think they actually did to win some games. I don't think so, they're working against IG, but it got I, them into knockout stage. To yeah. me, it feels like we're watching them figure out how to play this style live because you can see like the growing pains and the hiccups mm-hmm. and like where it's gone wrong. But I do think that the good news for for Team Liquid and Team Liquid fans moving forward is that uh, I feel like they can they can they can find a way to mesh it where you're talking about they can play these really game oppressive picks and still transition into a style that they're comfortable with and it's it's weird to like to watch them figure that out as they go mm. where they're trying to play through yeah, where they're figuring it out as an option where they're actually like learning this more aggressive early <laughs> game and uh and uh, the, the rate at which they learned it and the way that they absolutely smashed g2 rip um was was actually really cool to see and while I, it doesn't build a ton of faith i feel like tl is going to be infinitely scarier in LCS after this tournament. I would also say that not all of their losses in group stages here require a philosophical debate. They straight up <laughs> made mistakes. Yep. They lost team yeah. fights where we were usually like, they are so good at team fighting. And then you're like, wait, why is Doublelift inside the enemy team's Galio taunt right now? Like they straight up made mistakes in areas where they succeeded in the past. So you know, some of them are, uh, mm-hmm. you know, ideology changes, but yeah. some of them are also, they literally played poorly on stage. So. Yeah, I completely agree with that. I mean, I think, uh, uh, once again, I think it was a Flash Wolves game that I'm going to highlight, but they went for one of those team fights, and I was like, well, I don't think they should be team fighting, but if they are team fighting, they should at least be there first because they are the team fighting team. And then they were second to the team fight and they were team fighting with their one three one comp. So I, I completely agree with what you're saying, Kobe. Sometimes like they are going for plays that would work if they were just a little bit cleaner on the play. But it, it just is an interesting conversation to me because you know I, I, I'm kind of uh, aligned that Jensen yeah. and Smithy have to play incredibly well for this team to do any damage right now. Whereas like I would have in the past been like, maybe they attack you know, Bowlan and Jackie Love, who are prone to also making mistakes, and they run something like Illusion Braum or something along those lines, but we just haven't seen it as much. And you know what? <clears throat> Team Liquid, win streak, one game. Invictus Gaming? Wait, how do you define a win streak? One game? Yeah, your past history They're of coming one game. off of a win, yeah. whereas yeah. IG are coming off of a soul-crushing, demoralizing loss, yeah. which is clearly yeah. going to make it hard they for couldn't them to focus on the They're game. They're ruined. Maybe it's just me, but... I feel like you can define a streak in a similar way to define a line. You at least need two points <laughs> to be able to have a streak. But if you draw... I'm with Kobe on if, this if, <laughs> His logic is being really impressive. <laughs> if you draw a dot on a piece of paper and you zoom in far enough, does it not? Well, could you not define two points on that dot? <laughs> no, it's a what dot. You, fuck it. I don't I know what Kobe is. I made a Damn point. it. All right, I was trying to be really pedantic and I failed. All right. He's going with... Quantum mechanics lines. <laughs> if you zoom in far enough. But, but you're an engineer and it gives you an unfair advantage. That's all I'll say in theoretical, really terrible line discussions. Okay. Yeah. I mean, no one's going to predict TL. No, I mean. IG? Yeah. yeah. Like, but we can at least talk about. Let's, let's not. The bad man. The He's- possibilities of the series. Right? So this this is nice because this lets me give my one really fantastic piece of praise for an individual Ooh. on Team Liquid. And the surprise of no one, I think this is pretty common opinion at this point, is that Impact has been really good. I still don't think Impact is a guy who's ever going to carry a game for Team Liquid. But given that he was expected to be like like Riff Rivals versus Wonder levels of bad, where he's down 50 CS, no matter what side of the matchup he plays, he's going to get absolutely and totally blasted. The fact that he has gone even, the fact that in some cases he has built advantages, and then even transitioned to those individual advantages into other parts of the map is fantastic. Can he play Rise in a side lane? Absolutely not. No idea what he's doing. But that's not his fault. That's his team's fault. Well, I mean, the team doesn't know. Maybe he doesn't know. I don't know. Anyway, the Rise side lane didn't work for him. But the, the Aatrox top game, 
was mm. was good. Uh, and the the Kenny games have been pretty decent as well. The Nico also gave me confidence that he can pick up new picks and adapt in this tournament. Um, not sure how long he'd been practicing that one, but I do think that Impact versus the Shy, while I originally would have just assumed that Impact would get would like single handedly just be so far behind coming into this tournament. Uh, it's really not the case. I think the Shy isn't quite as menacing as we expected, and I also think Impact is doing significantly better than we expected. For sure. I, I think the the Shy has not looked as scary, uh, you know, as we've seen in the mm-hmm. LPL. And Yeah, I can't shake the feeling that IG doesn't care yet. Yeah. For all of group yeah. stages, I know. I, like I know that's a lame storyline and I No, I'm with you. I, I think know we're all that there. There's this feeling of like you can only make analysis based off of the things that you have seen, but like so, uh, we don't do yeah, that anymore, like, Jack. We we go completely off gut feeling since you left the team. <laughs> <laughs> I feel it in my heart, and that's what I think. They're so good. Yeah. Like they they are so amazingly talented, and we have never seen a team this successful like this. Well, to right? put it this way, right? At the moment, IG's three best players, in my opinion, are Ning, Balan, and Jackie Love. I think that they're all having pretty good tournaments, mm-hmm. and that's why they've gone. 9-0. When you think about how they won Worlds, it was around the Shy, Ning, and Rookie. So the fact that, you know, t- two of those players are currently having, you know, poor performances by their I, standards. I wouldn't say that Rookie's having per- I, poor performances. I, I wouldn't say it's poor, but I would say, like, he was individually yeah. destroying people at Worlds. And, like, I want to see him get back there. Um, so that's what I'm kind of holding out on as well. I can't help but think that this is a team that is currently playing with their food a little bit and is going to ramp up. It, and uh, went nine one. Like yeah. that's the and just it, just the crazy thing. It also goes, you know, to further that story when they're picking their jungler is picking Ivan, Ivern, and hey man, Ivern, <laughs> you respect the Ivern man. <laughs> Did you see the Baron stop where he just daisy them all? Hit the daisy, God! <laughs> that, <laughs> that play tilts me more than any. Just hit the daisy. They You're a Cassio. It's available. Like, just smite the daisy. Uh, yeah, One of them. Smite the daisy. <laughs> it's literally like. I'm burning through this Baron so quickly, but man, this Daisy, yeah. I can't do any damage <laughs> to it. It's just too cute. How can you hit it? They lose both their yeah. Nexus Turrets versus Fongvu Buffalo. They like yeah. get into like some very interesting situations against the Flash Wolves as well. Mm-hmm. This was a team that did seem that they wanted to have some happy moments in the group stages, and they yeah. did not show the killer instincts that we saw after groups at Worlds, which is, I think, mm. very scary. I would say something that still can be punished uh, for this team is that it feels like they always fall into the sunk cost fallacy. They do not want to let a oh, teammate yeah. die ever. Yep. Mm. I kind of made this joke on broadcast, but it's like they look at each one of their teammates. If one of their teammates is getting attacked, they're like, that is a world champion. Get your hands <laughs> off that world champion. And they go to try and defend them. Even if there's like five people killing Balon or something, they'll be like, hey, we must save Balon. And then they you know, kind of trickle in. It's, yeah. it's, it's the poker table. It's like they're like ante up and you have like nothing in your hand at all and they're just like match 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 and like those types of plays and those types of games like when they're strung together they do kind of add to this feeling where we're like 
how serious are they being? You know, the shy on the Kennen game. Everyone's pointing to this Kennen game, right? The 0-7 Kennen where they lost the 2v2 early and it just felt like the most stubborn reaction ever for the next 20 minutes in that game. Everybody from IG is going up to the top side. They're like, you will not embarrass the shy. You have dishonored him. <laughs> and they're like, he goes 0 6 zero, 7 And they're like, okay, no one kills him eight times in a row. He finally gets a kill. Like, and then they the won. Cannon. And then they won the game. And after all of this, then they always end it with a win, right? Uh, and yeah. they still have the second and best early game in the tour. No, they have the best early game in the tournament, I think. Yeah. They're like plus 2,000 gold or something. I think also, game. like, Ning has made so many jokes. I, I love Ning's personality. And yeah, in their great. interview, Dog he's the one who started the yeah. whole happy game, yeah. you know, uh, narrative for IG and all that. And he also had the story about... Oh, we discussed on the team that we could win even if there was a dog at my spot in the keyboard. Mm. Yeah. Um. I I do not think that that is true. I think that he has <laughs> such <laughs> bold statement here. All right. All right. We've reached um, the point. Yeah. But he he has been such he's such a catalyst because so many of the times you know one of these solo laners is getting ganked and when we're always like oh my god Ning is right there uh, you know for the two v two. Um. I'm very interested to see. Uh, how that matchup actually plays out if we see X Smithy from mm. the last game of groups yep. and he's going yeah. he's trying to make those proactive plays because if he's not um Ning definitely will because mm. this was the other or he'll pick Kane say. or you know Ivern and do nothing potentially maybe for <laughs> the fourth game or yeah, third yeah, game, third or game. Yeah, but what I was going to say is like I also think that Smithy has had moments in this tournament where he's looked very good now the obvious one to point towards is going to be the Jarvan game. But when we were crying out for someone to do something in the early game for this team, the game where he was ganking bottom lane, it was an overreach and, you know, they got turned around kill. But if yeah. you pull out of that game, that's a shot calling problem. Mm -hmm. And I think that this guy's looked to be very active. So, you know, I, I'm much in the same way that we've defended impact, I think a lot throughout this tournament. Smithy also deserves like some defense because if three of your lanes are being put behind and summoner spells are being burnt and outright 2v2s mm. are being repetitively failed and things mm -hmm. like that, it is a very difficult job to be a jungler. I would much prefer to have Ning's job than Smithy's job <laughs> at MSI so yeah. far. I think it is a much easier team to play around. So I think that... Oh, once again, I, I look at mid-jungle 2v2, and I think somehow they have to get a er better early game pick for Jensen, you know, something like a LeBlanc, mm -hmm. and they have to be able to go at Rookie, and then he's going to have to help Smithy in this matchup because Ning isn't like a jungler that plays by the rules. You show one sign of weakness, he just starts running into your jungle and taking all your stuff repetitively, and that can really hurt North America's chances in this game. That's interesting. I, I have a... I have a narrow win condition for NA. All right, I like it. Give it's, it to me. It's not very creative. Yeah, um, is it, it's not. If you say dog as a keyword, I'm going to be sad now because we yeah, already yeah. heard that one. Uh, no, it, it's actually just if Double Lift and Core JJ can actually assert dominance over bottom lane. Uh, it's it doesn't look likely based off of what we saw in the group stage, but we have seen Double Lift Whoop. match almost anyone in lane. So like Jackie Love has the best laning stance of anyone in group stage. Double Lift yep. has the worst. Yep. Um, Ig. We know they have immense confidence, backed up by immense ability, but they do not draft strong team fighting comps because they're so easily able to get large gold advantages and win the game quickly. But if you create even one point of advantage and construct a team fighting composition, IG is confident enough to still try and team fight you because most of the time they win. So, so what does it look like? If Double like? gets ahead, 
they actually are able to get somewhat of team fighting comps put together, uh, they'd have a small chance. Of so you're looking at like Lucian Brougham, you're looking at like Callista Gallia, like what what do you want to say from? Yeah, uh, I think Lucian can work. I think Kaisa can work. I mean, it nearly did in the group stage game for Team Liquid. I do think Brom would be pretty critical in stuff like this. Yeah. I don't think you can do it with Tom Kench from a team fighting perspective. So that uh, was my Gangplank problem. or Aatrox top lane could be both serviceable, like stuff like that. It's super narrow, but like if, if they ever like take a game, I think it's going to be something like that. So this was my problem. Them, right, is that I think he's Tom Kench is good. Cool JJ plays a very good comp. His Tom, Tom Kench is mean. I just don't think it has the team fighting to be. Yeah, no. Idea. So this is what I agree with, right? You're going to ban Braum is my assumption because yeah. you know if we've read this narrow win well, condition, there's no way that. Yeah, yeah, so they they ban Tarek Braum. That's what a lot of teams have been doing. So then he gets put back on Galio because that's the one pick that you can smash lane with. Mm -hmm. What I've seen so far from Core JJ's Galio is I don't think he can smash. Uh, Jackie Love and Bowland with it. Yeah. That was my worry because yeah. I had the exact yeah. same win condition as you. If they give him Braum, I hope it works for a game. I hope we certainly see some fireworks from this one because Kaiser Gallio should be a very, very good lane. Uh, but, you know, from what I've seen so far, and this is just off my read, maybe I'm wrong, uh, it's not going to get it done. And I just, I, I wonder especially about picks like Lucian because I think it's a pick that outside of Teddy uh, in one or two instances, we have yet to see really anyone else transition Lucian from a strong early game into being actually a threat and being relevant in the mid game. Mm. I think we saw a ton in planes how difficult it can be for a team when they have a lead to get the most out of Lucian as opposed to a champion like Varus or, or yeah. even Kaisa, let's I, say, in the Kaisa Galio context. So I don't think he can play Varus again because mm. you're not going to stop Rookie and Shy from killing you yes <laughs> like that's just you need a dash <laughs> you need a dash in my opinion my focus was still actually on the mid lane and i still want to see the same improvements that uh i asked for before the g2 game in this series as well i want x smithy and jensen to fight ning and rookie yep and keep them away from the other lanes. So this is because where I, I landed as well. I exactly do where think I that impact alone with the shy, unless uh, the shy gets a really strong counter pick, I think that impact can be just fine. Impact has mm -hmm. been very, very solid at mm -hmm. this tournament, and his best strength has always been farming it out. You know, yeah. him picking the Vladimir, I thought was exceptional mm -hmm. there the vladimir was not put behind early at all he came in later with a huge presence in the team fights um so that's kind of what i'm looking for yeah because and tl has shown the willingness to protect him in draft and then not protect him in game ban away the three strong top lane flex picks give him the best available blind when they can in the draft a lot of the time in second rotation now so even further protection being lended to impact and then just leave him on his island that like i actually mm -hmm. think that the adaptations they've made so far this tournament have been very very good like credit to whoever's behind the scenes on the team liquid lineup like putting all this together because I, I i've landed in the exact same spot i actually think they go tom kench potentially kaiser tom kench varus and then they just look to attack through the mid 2v2. And I hope that they coin flip a couple of games because that would be fun. Yeah, I think I struggled to know what to do with Smithy, but I think Impact has been consistently like a good point of their draft. I do wonder if IG are willing to attack that and take some of that away, um, depending on how they feel. I wonder if they're actually scared of a lot of the flex picks that they would normally have to be banning out in other matchups. Uh, depending on what side selection is. Yeah, probably not. Like, Because I, I think, think you they're... get to ban Kennen, and I think you can give Impact GP. I know it's a good, comfortable pick, but also I think the Shy can just play something else into it, and we've seen Impact st still have Impact. I hate that. I run into that trap every time. Um, on the GP, but also I think that the Kennen for him has been a, a lane where he gets to actually go even as opposed to just falling behind and having this kind of scaling out, which is usually the case with well, his Well, he's GP. got a lot, right? He's got Nico at the moment. His Nico looked good versus IG last time. True. His Kennen looked good. His Gangplank is good. And his mm -hmm. Vladimir looked good. So I think, like, he, he's got more than he's enough. He's flexible. Yep.
Yeah, I mean, just think about the last time they they played IG. Even with them, everyone that that was one of those games where the camera's mid, he dies. The camera's bottom, they die. The camera's, <laughs> like that was one of the games where at the very beginning you're like, throw it out, you know, I'm done here. But they still held on and they did get to that mid game where they try and bring it together. They it, you know impact comes in with the big Nico ultimate, and all of a sudden they've got a chance in this game, yeah. right? So I think the, those are more of what we're looking for. I uh, do think that everybody's predicting Invictus Gaming to mm -hmm. this series, though. Yep. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> There's always a chance. I would say, does anyone think TL is going to get a game? I, I do. 3-1. I think they're going to get a game. You feel bold, though. You feel like that felt half-hearted. Are you going to, are you like, 3-1 TL will get a game? Or you're like, I think won. TL can make get a weird a face yeah. when he said that. It's a podcast, Kobe. What are you doing looking at my face? <laughs> <laughs> it's called the Dive Podcast. <laughs> so how do they get their game, Kobe? Is it through mid-2v2? Yeah, I think that they, yeah, they so they attack somewhere on the map successfully. Yep. And then Invictus Gaming, true to form, always all pile in to try and defend kind of a lost cause that balloons into enough gold that they finish the game with a stronger team fighting five on five setup given that goal that invictus gaming kind of trailed in trying to save people in a, a lost scenario and i think that is a victory for team liquid yeah absolutely i can see that happening as well i think that one thing that sucks you in right is that it's a only one defeat for invictus gaming scoreline right now and everything else looks green when you have a look at their screen but i think mm -hmm. that people are i guess giving them the benefit of the doubt that they yeah. can ramp up because there is a world that this is the best that invictus right. gaming has to offer if you want to give them the true test and they've had some very very shaky mid-game performances where they've had to ward off nexuses or barons or team fights or whatever and i think that you know i'm still giving them benefit of the doubt don't get me wrong don't take this out of context i think they're going to ramp up but you know if they do not then they have a shot. Yeah. I would be ecstatic if Team Liquid take one game off of Invictus Gaming. The is that a win at champions, MSI? That 3-0 yeah, final. Lot. Huh? Did, oh, sorry. I'm not trying to interrupt here. But uh, this is just a good follow-up point because we talked about this so much over the course of the tournament. Is just, is that a win for NA? For you guys, for you yes, as NA Raptor? Yes, I Jack, just said it. A, yeah. I would be ecstatic if we take one game. They 3-0'd the World Finals. They've dominated here, dropping only a single game in all of groups. In Invictus Gaming is the team in the world to beat. If you take a game off, Success. Because what I wanted, the reason, the whole reason I came on the dive was I wanted to know what NA par for course is at this tournament. Because a lot of public sentiment right now we, is still very negative. I don't see why it's so negative. We got our first seed bet. Just just by making it to knock, knockout stage, I think yeah. Team Liquid kind of repaired what happened last year where T North America lost our first seed at World. Yep. Uh, because of the performance last year. But we've regained that. We were one game behind Europe, you know, uh, making it to the knockout stage. Uh, if we now, in the hardest best of setup here, actually mm -hmm. take a game off of Invictus Gaming, I think that's above expectations. I'd be yeah. ecstatic. I think the disappointment would have been to not make this point. Uh, to me, this is performing at expected because if if it was Flash Wolves with Sword Art and Maple, mm -hmm. then I would have been like, sweet, like great job. But because I was a NA defender in past years. Like, hey, don't call them terrible. They literally <laughs> a tiebreaker away from being exactly the same position that these teams were. Like, I remember an MSI in 2017 where three teams were four and six, right? And then it was like an auto seed that put Europe in the top four because we had strange tiebreaker things where actually they were <laughs> rewarded for 
having a weaker strength of victory. Like it's like the reverse. It's imagine that they beat Fungu Buffalo, like the yeah, team yeah, beat yeah. the wildcard team twice yeah. or Fungu Buffalo twice, and that somehow Europe didn't make forward. those rules. Just saying. Anyway, um, they did the same thing to me. Like they they actually performed at expectation. It's just yeah. that expectation happened to get them a knockout. I, match. And I would say. So the reason why I was so depressed for the group stage up until, you know, the last day was the way in which they lost to the teams above them. Yep. You know, if we, if Team Liquid had not ended groups with that win over G2, where we showed complete turnarounds in multiple areas, like Smithy and Jensen, uh, you know, taking over the game, then I, I would be, I would still be you know, have this kind of empty feeling. If we had lost that game and then won because of Flash Wolves losing to Fong Vu or something, something like, like that, that, or then we had to t- play the tiebreaker and scrape in, you'd be like, eh, okay, we did it-ish. Um, but, you know, because they were able to take games off of the other teams above them, I was like, you know what? Yep. You also looked very good doing it. And in the end, you know, going 1-1 with Europe, uh, it's it's not that drastic, right? Yeah, I agree. And I think the the thing that that I saw the sentiment that kind of held that back for a while was that you know hey we got we got Jensen we got Core JGA we got upgrades why are we doing the same? But it's also like look at the representative of G two compared to the representative of Fnatic last year. Like there is a different level there in terms of dominance in terms of play style. And I think that Wall NA has most certainly ramped up. I think this year the regions around them are also incredibly strong. The way that SKT came into this tournament. IG obviously still incredibly done. They mm. won their first title and they just continue to look like monsters in the way that G2 won as well. Uh, I think that it's okay to come in and hit the same thing just to make that difference of making it to knockouts. As long as they put on a decent performance here and we don't see the the shadow of liquid that was there in group stage where they just yeah, hard, I mean, hard it, it's hard for IG because <laughs> they can definitely make you look yeah. real bad. But if, if I see a Hecarim game, I'm going to be sad. That's the reality. If I If I see you know, a willingness to go toe-to-toe in the early game, even if they ultimately lose to skirmishes where they, in theory, have advantages. Like, that, to me, is better than just hard yeah, I want to say the uh, Trundle again before I say the Hecarim again. That's that's uh-huh. the reality of that yeah, one. That's I, we saw it once, and it just disappeared. I just don't want to see the, uh, you know, first five minutes again where all, multiple lanes are getting solo yep. killed and flashing away as there's an auto attack in the air and dying yeah. and burning flash. That, yeah. I don't want to see that anymore. Can, can I close this out on Team Liquid? Sure. To sure. answer your earlier question and kind of double up on what Kobe said. In previous years, when the game arrived that they must win this to advance is when they choked the hardest. Mm. So even if they were still four and six, the fact that they knew if they win this, they're in. If they lose this, they have to win a tiebreaker against Flash Wolves, which we've kind of seen that story play in our heads. Like, oh my God, they're going to lose. They're going to get smashed. They're going to be tilted. They're going to lose to Flash Wolves. It's going to be awful. They're going to go three and eight. Like you're thinking all those things. And then to put their best performance of the entire group stage in that moment is actually real growth for NA. So I think it's a win. Yeah. All right. You got some Twitter questions lined up for us, buddy? Yeah. For context, I asked for uh, who do you think is underrated? Who in the top four do you think is underrated? I was looking for players, but I think people might have said teams. All right. Well, it's not for you. It's for the, the group. And <laughs> which champ do you want? Group. Didn't three of us just pick one. SKT to win the best of five? <laughs> yeah, that's why I'm saying they but, were coming into the discussion. <laughs> people underrated. Underrated. Them. All right. I, I have to scroll now as I've read the that question. That was the whole question? Uh, yeah. Well, I wanted people to tell... 
Well, what so are the other hands? The, the paths for the team over the course yeah. of this tournament, because G2 came in and defeated SKT in a super convincing manner right at the beginning of the group stages, mm. that just flipped everybody's, mm -hmm. you know, who there were a lot of people that were G2, our second best team. Anyone who wasn't there was instantly there after the first game versus mm -hmm. SKT, SKT. So then that kind of set the expectations, I feel yeah. like. Oh, I'm not going to rewrite my emotional roller coaster I went through. I was so hyped for G2. <laughs> they came in. They did exactly what I wanted. I was right. so hot on the team. And now I'm starting to cool off a little bit, unfortunately. And, you know, I think, you know, some of the rights are being, uh, wrongs are being righted there. But I, I maybe I underrated them or maybe SKT is now getting better and showing growth. But I was certainly hot on G2. I was out on G2. So then, was the question coming into the tournament? No, no, no. Coming into the top four, who do you feel was overrated? I was wow. looking for players. I should have been more specific because someone, a lot of underrated. people are like, how, how can you call any of them underrated? They're top four in the tournament. And I was oh, like, I well, eh. So anyway, we have one question uh, that we got from Coco the Sniffling Dragon, at Coco the Dragon. Uh, with implications on supports like Mickey X, Balon, and even Palace performance and groups, Core JJ feels underrated. Why? And there's also a request to uh, nerf some other stuff. But we'll get to the nerf request in a second because there's a lot, and I imagine that you'll have one response to all of them. So does Core JJ feel underrated? Well, we've been hyping him up a lot, and then I actually feel like he performed worse. Yeah. So I felt yeah. kind of like, overrated? Yeah. So I will say the one defensive support in what is a very aggressive support pool, mm -hmm. and given the way that the games have gone from North America and the inability to control the early game and the stages of the game that we've been talking about, it makes you look much worse than what you probably are. Is like if I gave him the benefit of the doubt, that would be how I would justify it. But then I would also mm -hmm. say that uh, if you are the, and this is how I came into TL, that this is the one team that could win through their bottom lane in the entirety of the top four, and they have shown the inability to be able to do so. That's when I have problems with Core JJ's performance. So I've been on the outside looking in to NLCS all split, as you may know. <laughs> I didn't Cor notice. So Cor 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 JJ was like a very close to unanimous MVP. Yes. By that players, was, coaches. That, I know. That staff. was just, that was weird to me. Not because I don't think he was the best player of the split. I think he was. It's because your MVP... It's because my MVP criteria yeah. is shaped around sports. And if you join the team and lane with the reigning MVP, mm -hmm. doing well doesn't make you the new MVP. Like, just to me, that was that was weird. But I think MVP is best it's player award. Dis it's discretion. Yeah. MVP, I think, was used as a best player award this year by, like, all the voters, which is, like, fine. But I just... I wanted to like inject that in because I hadn't said it. It's okay. Coach of the split is for number one team and or person yeah. who gives the best interviews. There's no so. way Core JJ was the most valuable. I think Team Liquid is still top two without Core JJ. Yeah. If you want to use the, the like the criteria yeah. of most valuable to a single team, then most of the time you're gonna choose yeah. a worse team potentially and, and the yeah. best player on that worst team. For sure. There's no way that you choose Team Liquid, the money meme team star players that have been collected from <laughs> from everywhere to try yeah. and, well, yeah, try it's and like, create the strategy. While the Golden State great. Warriors still yeah. have all these players, none of them are going to win MVP. Yeah, but if exactly. one of them leaves, then maybe you know Curry or Durant can win. MVP. I do like yeah. the money perspective on MVP though. It does put a new does put a new ring to most valuable player overall. <laughs> 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 I think I think I think we've fallen to that 
that discussion in Europe a lot. It feels like generally the voting always goes to the best individual player, the strongest yeah. individual yeah. player. But I've always been a fan of, of voting for that. But yeah. it also puts names like Kickus on the board for for last summer. I was a strong advocate for him being MVP, and I think that always people mm-hmm. are always not comfortable putting players that haven't aren't on like either the top two teams or haven't. Mm-hmm. You know, Kickus have a winning record. They went 10-0 with Kickus after he joined the team. Vitality coming okay, into playoffs. That's a pretty good criteria. Yeah, like that, that to me was like, I was like, how can you not? They would not be in playoffs without this player. Yeah. So that was my comment. Anyway, that was a total tangent. Whatever. Core JJ. Over, a little overrated, maybe? Yeah. A little overrated coming to the tournament. Um, all right. We're going to get into the nerf request. <laughs> might not be the right time. Though. We might have wanted to tweet more than like 20 minutes before recording this. Um or I need to be more famous. Uh, Kobe tweeted. What, what are you hoping for, Draco? Uh, okay, we've got better nerf Aurelia. Are you going to nerf Aurelia? Do we have any Aurelia? I don't know. You don't? Yeah. Delete a collie. Nope. That was, that, <laughs> you're, that was you're not, not going to do that? I, I don't think I have that power. <laughs> I don't think. And um, I refuse to let it go through regardless. I got a tattooed on my arm. There's no have, way you're wait, removing it. Do you it have that there. power, though? I, I, I'll find someone with that power. <laughs> Here's what I'll say, though. And this is something we have said recently this year if you're wondering like when are you going to buff this champion when are you going to nerf that champion we now look at four specific audiences when deciding if a champion is op or underpowered so i got a lot of hands moving here so it's the same one audiences like- would be like the majority of players which is generally like a large number like 90 percent of them which would be you know average or majority then you have the skilled which is the top 10 percent then you have Elite or basically Grandmaster Plus, and then you have Pro. And if you were too strong in any of those, so like violating the play experience of that group, you're nerfed. And if you're too weak in all of them, we need to buff the champion to make sure they're at least powerful or playable in that category. So in that way, we've been like more consistent. And also it's had a few of these things. So like champions like Vladimir are generally strong in all categories so you see them kind of everywhere but they're actually like he's actually if you look at a lot of his numbers very reasonable maybe like slightly stronger than your average champion but by no means like more op than everything else in that tier so anyway that's just like some context so what, when you're i just want to i just want to know so if i was say running a league in europe <laughs> and i really had a lot of good rise players i could just maybe get 10 teams to collectively agree not to play rise for like six months and you would buff rise because then he have like an atrocious solo queue win rate no he said all yeah. so that was what yeah. i was going to point out it's like is, all of pro right? it sounds like it's much harder to get a buff than it is yes. a nerf because to get a yeah. nerf you just have to be over the yeah, line like, in one category grand master players are still picking rise a reasonable amount since they're generally players that pick strictly off what's going to win the game right it shows that he's powerful in that tier yeah, I want to rig the system. So in order to get a, we're going to talk about this later. Yeah, not with you, but when he's not here, we're going to talk about how we can rig the system so we can only see champions anyway, we like. We're like, going to get a Garen on stage. That's like a baseline yeah. for some of our decision making. Then you still have like free freedom and wiggle room within the system to try and make like the correct design decisions. But that's cool. I think it's actually worked out pretty well um, so far. Anyway, yeah. yeah. Uh, I so mean, when pretty much the same thing, we got not yet. Darius Bleason. <laughs> so so I have a question, if you don't have any more, uh, yeah. just to pose to the European and North American angle of this test. So we've seen NA versus EU twice so far at MSI, and it is currently at a 1-1 scoreline. Uh, we're not probably going to see a best of five between these two teams unless something very nice aligns. Mm-hmm. Not until Rift Rivals. Yeah. <sighs> Wait, what about time. finals of this tournament? Yeah. Uh-huh. Yeah. Exactly. Uh, so, who wins it? 
Um, I how confident I, are you in Team Liquid at the moment, Cody? I would give that to uh, G two. Okay. Um, but I, I the reason I <laughs> the reason I want to see that best of five is that I think that most people feel too heavily on the G two side. While I do think that G two is the better team. I don't think it's as drastic as most people think. And in a best of five, I think Team Liquid um, would show stronger than people think. I You're feel like if that? they did just smash that game, though, that you would not be nearly as confident saying that that was a close best of five. What? If they didn't just come off of, like, such a hot win versus G2. Oh, yeah. So, yeah, I mean, of come, course. Coming into this tournament, like... <laughs> yes, winning the, helps. <laughs> yeah, of course. I'm just saying, coming into this tournament, there's, like, no way I think you would have... This seen. has been a question that gets asked every year, so I usually have a pretty similar answer. The totality of the EU versus NA rivalry is incredibly close to even. Like the the actual win loss is super close to fifty percent. And generally, NA wins the meaningless games and EU wins the meaningful games. So the memory of the situation is much more tilted in EU's favor. So I think EU would win, but I think it would be close. Yeah, I mean, and I think I'm... something like systemic would have had to shift largely for this to to change in like a super meaningful way. Maybe that's G2 assembling this roster uh, in this era that, you know, catapults them over the top. But for the past half decade, it's been very close. Because we came into this tournament and what a lot of people wouldn't have seen was how hot vet like vetty's twitter personality is very closely aligned <laughs> with what he is in real life normal he just likes to pull out plausible deniability yeah, on he, occasion. he comes into story meetings pretty hot at times and he was very hot on the uh, g2 lineup but i heard the yeah. sentiment from a lot of north american and it's funny that you say before the tournament i actually heard the sentiment from a lot of the north american team that this uh G tl lineup wasn't like to use the meme wasn't that bad like was was actually a good lineup <laughs> that they had set to this sort of it and that they, they were like uh proud and had expectations of them like i know as ale for example yeah uh, not to throwing under the bus yeah and, and yourself so I, I it still interests me that whether anything has really changed after this tournament and whether expectations mm. are shifting I, because i feel like we've had the most predictable msi to a degree, oh, absolutely. Like when you don't look at the order of things, but you look at the end destination that we've like come to, like it has been a very predictable tournament in my eyes so far. It's exactly the rankings that I predicted coming into the tournament. Yeah. Kobe's really smart. Kobe, in case and you as know. you said, it's coming into the tournament, I did say the exact same thing about Team Liquid. Yeah. That yes, G two, uh, I would favor them in the best of five, but I think it would be closer than everyone. Uh, thinks it I is. so for me, I, I think that right now in in the full best of five, best of one, I, I think it's been proven that it can go either way. Uh, so I, I think G two has a significant edge personally. Like yeah. I think G two is head and shoulders above. When it comes to Rift rivals, however, that is way closer because I think that Cloud Nine and TSM. I think the thing that makes that I the reason why I, I favor NA to a certain degree is that your top three is actually super close in my opinion. Whereas G two is like head and shoulders above the rest. And mm -hmm. while that makes it great for tournaments like MSI where we send a single rep. Any tournament like Worlds where we're sending three reps, that's where I start to get a little bit more mm. concerned. Um, I just kind of want to make some potentially hyperbolic statements about G2 and TL. Sure. I think there is a chance that both of these teams are the best teams the region has ever sent to an international event. I would absolutely agree 100%, with that statement. No doubt. 100%? So, yeah, we've talked. I mean, we've talked yeah. about this before, okay. so you've missed out, but I've, so, I've had yeah. this conversation a lot. Oh, wow. Okay, cool. This is, so this, this is the only time in Europe's history that they've built a super team that hasn't blown up on it. So, the reason I agree with the EU one, yeah, but... the reason the EU one exists to me and my is the, the fact that the roll swap worked in such a great way, and mm -hmm. the fact that they are the first team to really commit 
a mid lane player into the bot lane role, which gives the team like a new level of flexibility because the game has been changed to a point where that can be good. I actually wish they would flex that muscle way more because that's what makes me excited that G2 could redefine the way you play yeah. League of Legends. They haven't done that this tournament. I wish they had. The meta helped them a lot. So yeah. I definitely think that most people would agree with the EU side. I think uh, where you might find some pushback is the NA side of people pointing out CLG MSI just yep. because oh, of how far they got. I don't want to hear about this CLG roster anymore, Kobe. <laughs> this, okay. Because like, <laughs> go, that, go. That Let them hear it. Was like, so they had the meta read. That part of it, I will never take away from That them. is such an critical part of international tournaments and playing League of Legends. Yeah, absolutely but it is. best performing so like, is different than, like, but, best, I think. So, uh, no, if, so you're, if you're... SKT came fourth and then knocked out RNG. If RNG had played CLG in a best of five, from what we saw in those games that RNG played CLG, I have no doubt that RNG is the better team than CLG at that tournament. CLG came back from like a 13,000 gold yeah. double inhibitor. And what we're debating is, is this team Liquid the best team that we've ever sent? Yeah, I think they Or are. would they have been able to do what CLG did at that tournament? Or would they have been able to do what C9 did last year? Yeah, so C9, I think, I don't that's a better think argument. So. Because I think that the individual members, so like this is the problem with like comparing like Error to error sports teams slash yeah. Mm -hmm. uh, well, League especially of in team. league because part of my argument for TL is like, look at the experience and pedigree the players have. Yeah, obviously they have more because we're they're in the further future. down. Yeah. Well, it's right? the same in basketball, right? Like, how do you guard Wilt Chamberlain? It's like, well, you don't. You just shoot more threes than him because <laughs> yeah. it didn't exist back then, right? But yeah. I think like that is such a. I think that too much is put on the result of the top two finish as opposed to the individual skills I, that came out of that I, I think a lot of a lot of emphasis is put on meta defining okay that's a good right? point CLG were the ones you know uh championing the AP or the you know I, I I feel like that is one of the critical things that has plagued so many NA teams right hmm. and team liquid when they came out at this tournament talking about oh we finally realized we're not supposed to play other team styles how many goddamn tournaments have we said that at? All right. right? <laughs> I, so, I feel like a crazy let, person uh, here. Let, I feel like a crazy person that's just seeing yeah. people realize stuff that has happened multiple times. <sighs> and, that part, and for yeah. me, the, the thing about why I bring up the CLG and the C9 explanations are because those two teams played their own strategies. Those yeah. two teams tried to come up with new strategies mm -hmm. to surprise other teams. And if you go down the roster and you're trying to add stats to everybody with a baseball card or something, yeah. and then you yeah. put you you hand me those baseball cards, then okay, you you yeah. can you this can have your argument. This TL has the best baseball cards. Okay, right. yeah. The paper proof. Yeah, absolutely. So that's what I was going to say. If you're moneyballing a team, which is what I do when I create my best teams, absolutely, I think this is the best roster. If you add that flavor that is the meta-defining thing, I can give... CLG a lot more credit than I currently do. But still to me, I think that then Cloud9 Worlds is, is more important to me. Because I think that like Licorice's performance there mm -hmm. was was fantastic. I think that they played in a miserable group, and I'll give Vitality a little bit of credit for helping them get out. But like that is a situation where I I thought it was impossible yeah. for them yeah. to get out, and they really turned that around. Yeah. And while the 3-0 that they had was a, was a little bit like 
my God, wake up uh, on the freak side, it, it was still really impressive there. So I, I would say that that's the biggest competition yeah. for me is that Cloud9 roster from last year. But individually, if you money... Uh, I was, you! Yeah. you! Oh, right! <laughs> <laughs> so if you look at the money ball, like, once again, if you're going to stats drive, like, your top team, is the yeah. Cloud9 roster better? Huh? Which, from which a money ball would you like to... Like, tournament happens in three weeks. You can go take that Cloud9 roster or the current TL roster. Mm. Which one you sent? TL. Okay. And maybe, like, you look, Cloud9 always does better at international events, right? They, mm. There's a certain... In this meta, so here, though, I'm also but, moneyballing yeah. coaching staff with this because yeah, I absolutely. value Reaper pretty highly. Yeah. And Reno. It's really weird but, to say that, like, the team that went to the semifinals and you, like, moneyball this TL roster together and, like, maybe they could have gone farther, but, like it's possible right like just if, if we're talking about the baseball cards which was the question yeah right licorice a first year promising rookie who hadn't actually really hit his peak he'd had like a pretty good yeah hadn't even won in any title right sven scaren hadn't really had a great international event you know but uh, it's funny that we're using Zazel, the, first year support right the I, baseball yeah. cards were weak even if the team itself was the best performing na team sure. ever at an and i don't think that money ball is the term that we should be using because mm -hmm. that yeah, that's actually, actually a, about a value team. Yeah, it yeah, was yeah. actually about finding higher value underrated. Yeah. Um, well, then, yeah. Anyways, it yeah, was a good okay. question. All right. So we're giving it to G2? Question. Yeah. G2 for sure. I think, well, in terms well, of... Fnatic went to the finals last year. With Fnatic, Fnatic, and Fnatic went to the finals. Yeah. I'm not saying that this is the most successful European team yet. I think it's way too soon to say that. But I do think the, the paper perfect roster, the baseball cards, whatever you want to call it... Yeah. On paper, this is the strongest European roster. And I think it's a lot easier to say that. that are mad. Whatever. I uh, get mad about anything I say. Um, <laughs> the truest backing to your statement here is Caps thinks so too. Yeah. He left yeah. that team for this team. He Kevin yeah. Duranted fanatic. For less money Ooh. at that. Well, yeah. hold on. No, he reversed Kevin Durant. Yeah, That's like if Steph Curry would have joined the Thunder. That's what Caps just did. I still wouldn't I, like. I do okay. think yeah. part of the reason it's easier to say that too is because of the way that they play and because of the way like that it's so crazy and it feels so dominant when they start to win. I think it feels a lot easier to say that. I do. I will give the caveat that the most successful roster so far is still absolutely fanatic, most successful Oregon Europe. Um, but in terms of raw strength, this has the potential and is currently proving to be, I think, the strongest individual. Because how when we 2-0-ing SKT in group stage is not something like where the games look very dominant outside of the start of that fight game. Mm -hmm. um, it's not something that I would have expected in the past. Yeah, and I think people are, while people are looking forward to the best of five because they have such high expectations for this team, that's actually still, still a really big achievement to me. Absolutely. All right. All right, thank you. That is going to do it <laughs> for this episode of Diaphoria. Thank you, Jat, Spawn, and Dracos for joining us. Uh, the, we're going to have Invictus Gaming versus Team Liquid on Friday the 17th and SKT versus G2 Esports on Saturday the 18th. Please come and join us. And Jat, please. please join us as well. <laughs> I'm done. <laughs> delete a collie. <laughs> <laughs> I'm kidding. Don't delete a collie. I love it.